This is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning again. Good morning again. It's, uh, it's my privilege to speak for a few moments. Uh, my name is Martin, I said earlier, but I'd like to continue. Uh, in terms of welcome, it's great to have you with us. We, we've been doing a series which we've called God First. And we've looked at different aspects of our lives and say, well, how do we make God first in that area of our lives? Uh, and we've looked at different subjects. And the one we're looking at today, which uh, connects with uh, what we are celebrating, particularly with Shanice getting baptised, so uh, hopefully these things will weave together, is something we've called first priority. First priority. How do we make the decision on what we make the first priority in our lives? Now, I've been listening to a podcast recently by a guy called Mark Sayer, and he, the podcast is called This Cultural Moment. If you want to get a, a picture of of what's happening in the Western world and trying to understand some of, the, some of the, the trends and some of the decisions. It's really very informative. So that's, that's the cultural moment. But one of the things that, that he says, and he's a pastor in Australia, also this sort of cultural commentator, he, he explains that to allow us to flourish as humans, for people to flourish, we need three things in our lives. We need freedom... We need community and we need meaning. And when we have those three elements, then Mark Sayer says, and actually numbers of people have said similar, that it's when we have those three elements in life, you know, men and women, we, we flourish. We flourish when we've got those things. Let me explain. When we're talking freedom, we're talking about the ability to act freely on our convictions, you know, to, to make choices, but be the ones that make choices without, without too many external forces controlling what we're allowed to do and what we're now to do, it, do uh, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. It's like an inner life choices. And of course, there are some countries and nations around the world where we know that that's not the case. And, and freedom is not something that they, they sadly don't enjoy. And so whereas our experience would be, yes, yes, freedom is very much a part of what we know in this country. But also he talks about community or relationships. And the community and relationships is about finding a place to belong. It's about uh, having a sense of corporate identity. Not, not just about ourselves, but a sense of connection with others that we share our lives with. And there's many different lives to, or so many different levels to community. There can be your family community. There can be you know, your neighbours and saying, can it, you know, saying hello to your neighbours and connection there. If we know who our neighbours are, that isn't necessarily always the case. There'll be other things that we feel a sense of community and relationship in, uh, even if we follow a sport team, a sporting team, and we can feel a sense of community, sense of belonging with that. I mean, those, those who come here regularly will know that I follow a football team called Crystal Palace. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? But you know, uh, uh, we've got two daughters, Dawn and I. Dawn's here somewhere. Is she? Thank you. 
Um, and Dawn and I have got two grown-up daughters, and when Rebecca, our youngest daughter, who, as you have to in our family, you have to support Crystal Palace, and she supported Crystal Palace, was astonished that no one in her school had even heard of Crystal Palace. And I may have told this story before, but there was this time when we went to, to see the first game. We went to South London, where they play, and there was around 25,000 gathering to watch Crystal I know that surprises you, but 25,000 gathering to watch Crystal Palace play. But what I didn't know is Becky had put under her coat her Crystal Palace shirt. And as she began to walk towards Sellers Park, she opened her coat up. And as she saw 25,000 other crazy people that saw Crystal Palace, she, she, she revealed that she had her team colours on. And suddenly she thought, I belong. I feel a connection. We all need that. So we need freedom. We need community. We also need meaning in our lives. We need a a sense of knowing who we are. Get a perspective on our lives. Knowing where we're going. What we're supposed to be here for. We need that sense of identity so we know what purpose we're living for. There was a famous book by a guy called Victor Franklin. Talked about uh, the search for meaning. And he did a study of people who had experienced the concentration camps in the Second World War. And he discovered that the ones that survived, the ones that that were able to, to, uh, to live through that experience, were so often not the strongest, not the well fed, the best fed, but actually was those that had a sense of meaning and purpose. That enabled them to survive. You see, these things are very important in our lives, in order that we flourish. However, there's a problem. And the problem is this, in the Western culture particularly, that one of these ideals completely overwhelms and outweighs and dominates the other two. I wonder what you think it is. It's freedom. It's freedom. And this can be easily illustrated about the amount of choice we've got, the amount of freedom we have and enjoy in the nation that we live in here, assuming you live in the UK. Just think about when you go to Tesco's and you're presented with 200 different types of cereal. I mean, overwhelmed with choice. If I go to a coffee shop, you can have a a flat white, a cappuccino, Americano, uh, a latte, or is it a latte? I never really know. You can have something with caramel with a little bit of a twist and a marshmallow and an umbrella on top. And I'm thinking, all I want is a cup of tea. And then they say, well, you can have decaf, you can have have, uh, Earl Grey, you can have fruity teas. I don't think fruity teas are really teas, do you? And then they say, well, you can have English breakfast tea. I'm thinking, what's English breakfast tea? It never used to be called that. Think of shopping. You go on 40 different reviews just to buy one pencil (laughs) or whatever it might be. Do you remember years ago, some of you remember this, we used to have, uh, we used to say to each other, what's on the telly tonight? But now what's on the telly tonight is anything you want to be on the telly tonight. 
We have freedom. We have so much choice. It can be Netflix. It can be Amazon Prime. It can be Apple TV Plus. It can be Disney Plus. Have I missed anyone else? I don't know. What was that? BBC and ITV. <laughs> we have so much choice. What about FOMO? Who knows what FOMO is? See, there's no, normally, okay, I'm quite impressed. There's normally an age generational difference on the answer to this. FOMO is, stands for fear of missing out. Do you know that conundrum? It's the fact that we can resist to commit our time to something. And actually, we can be crippled with fear because we don't want to commit to that because something better may come along. You see, freedom dominates us. It's become the all-consuming thing at the cost of other things. We see this in church life as well. You see, you can say, can't you, well, I really want to have real deep relationships with people in my local church. I want, I want to really connect with people. And then you may get to a Wednesday or Thursday night when there, we have something called community groups that meet when people share their lives together. And we think, well, I don't know if I want to go out tonight. I don't know. I want to have a bit of me time. Uh, you know, maybe I want to recharge my batteries. You see, when we give freedom the priority, we have to allow other things to be less in our lives. And that's the point that Mark Sayer was trying to make. Is actually when we give freedom as the priority, and remember we're talking about what's the first priority, we actually go for freedom at the cost of community. Or freedom at the cost of meaning. I remember years ago I was asked to be a school governor and I said, well, I don't really have time to do that. Actually, what I was saying is I don't want to give the time to that because I want my freedom to do something else. So we can go for freedom, but actually we sacrifice other things. Being involved in a church, being involved in a, in a local school or a local organisation or a sporting club or whatever it may be. Freedom comes at the cost of community and meaning. And the thing is, is we live in a world that is supercharged with freedom. And we face a barrage of options all the time, even in the most simple decisions in life. And we're told that this infinite freedom is some utopian vision of the good life. This is what we all longed for. The sad thing is, is unlimited freedom is a failing vision of the good life. Although social media, movies, advertisements want us to believe that the more freedom and autonomy we have, the happier we will be, the opposite is true. The mantra would be, wouldn't it? Do what you want, when you want, and you will find the happiness you want. Let me just uh, emphasize the interplay with these three things. Uh, any good illustration needs Coke Zero, just to say. So if I was to fill these... to about level. These three represent freedom, community, and meaning. 
And just so we understand how these interplay with one another, if we choose any one of these, but the prevailing trend in our society would be freedom, if we give freedom our focus in the way that tends to happen, is we lose some community. We lose some of our meaning and our purpose in our life. And we're overflowing with the freedom and the choice that our society brings, but at the cost of real community, real purpose and real meaning. That's what's happening in our world today. Now, the amazing thing is that Jesus spoke about these three elements. He did it by describing a story of a family. You can find it in Luke 15, in one of the Gospels in the New Testament. And it's a story about a family with two sons. And some of you, if you've come to church before, you'll be familiar with the prodigal son or the lost son. Well, there's many truths in that parable, that story that Jesus describes. But actually, there are massive things that Jesus wants to say about these three areas that we need in order to flourish as people. So the story is like, it's a bit like this. You can read it another time, but the story is a bit like this. There's this family with a family business, a farming business. And there's two grown-up sons, and they both work on the farm. In fact, they work with other workers as well. It's very much a, a, a part of a local community. And there's real meaning in this context for the two sons. They're part of a family business. They've got a sense of purpose. They're providing for the community around. And they've got this sense of corporate identity. They have meaning together and also financial security. Even we understand that when the father dies, they will receive their share of the inheritance. So actually, that sense of purpose and meaning goes not just on their life now, but actually when their father dies. They also have community. They're in a family. And they have a relationship with their family, but also with others that work on the farm. There's a sense of connection as they are together. But then what happens in the story is a remarkable thing. This wonderful example of community and purpose, meaning. Suddenly the younger son decides that he wants to give up those things in order to focus on freedom. And the younger son goes to his father. It's a really poignant moment. I mean, it's an awful moment when the younger son goes to his father and says, give me my inheritance now. In other words, you know, I wish you were dead, Dad. I want my money from you now. I mean, it was an awful moment that Jesus described in this parable. But the son took the money and he went and spent the money, used the money in the way that he wanted to do. It was freedom. It was free, his free choice, exactly what he did. But for freedom, he gave up meaning and purpose. He gave up family and community and relationships. He made freedom his first priority. Do you remember that's what we're talking about? What's the first priority? He made freedom his first priority. And our Western world, and often we're dragged into this as well, has done exactly the same. Now we read in the story, there's a moment when he came to his senses. If you like, it's a moment when he realised, actually, I've gained an unlimited freedom, but I've lost so much. And so we read that he came to his senses. He returned back to his father. And you see this wonderful image of the father representing God. That's part of the illustration that Jesus is trying to portray. 
And so as the younger son goes back and says, look, I've lost so much, this is terrible, the father, representing God, runs to the son, embraces the son, welcomes him back into community. He puts him in a pride of place. In other words, he's saying, look, look, the purpose, the meaning that you had before still is available for you today. He came to his senses. It's a powerful story, written, spoken of 2,000 years ago, yet brings such wisdom and insight into our 21st century world today. So what is all of this to say to us? How do we respond to this this morning? Well, Mark Sayer, this guy that uh, references this, I referenced at the beginning, he says this, the freedom that was promised now has come like a flood, paralyzing us with endless choice. Unlimited freedom, ironically, has brought the imprisonment of constant anxiety. We have more freedom than we know what to do with, but at the same time, our levels of meaning and community are dangerously low. Have you ever heard of the canary in the coal mine? Have you heard what they used to Years ago, when, when people used to mine for coal, one of the uh, one of the problems is they would, and they wouldn't realise at the time, that, that there would be gas at the same location that they were mining for coal. And so many miners lost their lives because they were completely un- unaware of the gas and then they died, suffocated and died as a result. So they used to take a canary down in a cage with them. And that was, that was like, if the canary died, that's the warning signal. And then they responded and, and, and quickly escaped from the mine shaft. Many are saying that anxiety and mental health challenges are the canary in the coal mine for us today. It's to say, hang on a minute. The great dream of the Western world of ultimate freedom is the great utopia that, that we all long for is actually not providing what we need. And as a result, even the simplest of choices is creating such anxiety for us. And our sense of meaning and our sense of community are dangerously low. So we need to rediscover some balance in our lives. So how do we do this? Well, Jesus not only shared this story about this parable of these two sons and this family. He also said these words. He said this, Seek first the kingdom of God. So recognising that we need all these three things. We need meaning, we need community, and we need freedom to flourish. Yet Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God. Make that your first priority. Not freedom, not community, not meaning. Make him the priority. And then he said, and everything will be added to you. In other words, everything that you long for will be given to you if we make him the first priority in our lives, if we seek his kingdom first. Let me explain. If we seek his kingdom first, we find real freedom. See, we need freedom. But if we seek him first, we find a real freedom. We find freedom from guilt. Freedom from any shame we may be living with. 
freedom from the things that we've done or even, sadly, maybe others have done to us. Where we feel a sense of shame. When Jesus said, I want to give you freedom from that. We have the opportunity to have, find freedom from our addictions. Even freedom from the need to pretend. We can be honest about who we are and what's happening in our lives. Years ago, I remember I used to go to church and everyone used to wear their Sunday best. Do you remember that? People used to dress up smart as if to say, my life is all together. We don't do that now. We just get selfie ready, don't we? And we take a photograph and it's not the real us. But Jesus says, I want to give you real freedom. That you don't have to pretend that you live the perfect life because guess what? Nobody lives the perfect life. Jesus wants to bring freedom that we can not be dominated by, by things that we've done wrong or things that people have done wrong to us. We can say, I've found freedom, I've found healing, I've found peace, I've found strength. That's real freedom that we receive when we find Jesus. Secondly, we get real community, real relationships. We find that it's not just us and Jesus. We find that actually it's us and Jesus. It's new community. It's new life. People from all parts of the world, people from all social backgrounds, join together in fellowship, finding a place where everyone can belong. That's what church is. It's great, isn't it? Am I the only one excited about this? I mean, it's mad. I mean, all of us in this room, we have such different stories. We come from different parts of the world. We come from different places. We've done different things, yet together we can be united in him. That's powerful. That's the community. That's the real community that only Jesus can bring. And finally, real meaning. Real meaning and purpose. When you connect with God, you connect with his purposes and his plans. We're no longer just focused on my small life and even my family and what we're doing. Actually, I'm involved in something that's going around the globe. I'm involved in something that has gone on for thousands of years and will continue to go on for thousands of years. It's no longer just about smallness. It's about greatness. It's about, about hugeness. It's about something that is Wonderful. I was chatting to someone in, in our team this week who very kindly, they're in the room, so I'm going to have to say this delicately, but they very kindly uh, sort out all sorts of visas and applications that we have to do when we invite many of our West African uh, friends across, which we're looking to do in, in, in May. And I spoke to this lady, who happens to be called Sue, and happened to sit over, just over there, just to say. And I spoke to Sue, and I said, Sue, thank you so much for doing all this. I know you spent hours doing, doing this. And she turned to me and she said, this helps me to stop focusing on what's just happening in my life, because I get caught up into a bigger thing. Wow, I must give Sue more things to do for you. <laughs> um, that's, that's what I heard. Is that, do you understand? Hello? We have an amazing scope that God brings us into. So, how do we land this together? Well, I think there's some, there's some next steps for some of us, probably. The first next step would be this. If you're new to church, if you're... If you're not sure if you know God, or, or maybe you think you do, but you've got loads of questions, then I want to refer you back to the Alpha course that Dave and Helen referred to. Come to the Alpha night. Come.
come and ask your questions. Come and connect with others that are on a similar place on the journey. At the end of the service, go and chat to Dave and Helen in the small hall through there. They will gladly, gladly help you in that. Secondly, maybe you, you know God and uh, you love him, but you know you're not fully connected to his people. Join a community group. Join a local church. Really plug in. Don't allow freedom to rob you of what it means to be part of a flourishing local church. That's We're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to be a people together. But also remember that Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. So we can go from this place and we can think, okay, I've got it. I've got it, preacher. I've got it. Okay, I just need to lower freedom and increase these areas and then I'll be okay. The danger is, is we can seek to find something just by modifying our activities. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, seek first his kingdom. It's only in him we are fully fulfilled. It's like trying to, someone once said to me, it's trying to have progress without presence. Or it's a desire to have the kingdom without the king. You see, true freedom is found in Jesus Christ alone. And thankfully, Christ offers us a true vision of flourishing. When we find him, we find fullness in all these areas. We find fullness in freedom. We find fullness in community. We find fullness in meaning and purpose. What a wonderful life Jesus has offered for us. That's what Shanice is beginning to enter into. She's beginning to say, actually, she's even saying, I want to give up some of my freedom to follow Christ. Because I know if I do that, I flourish in the life that he has planned for me. Let's stand together to pray, shall we? This is a Woodside Church podcast.